From a fruit market in Tel Aviv to a fish seller in Taipei, the people of our world are working hard to make a living. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. My name is Brendan Wong, bringing you 50 minutes of English language features. Up ahead in today's program, we have Behind the Beats with the one and only Emma Banak. But first, we begin with Here in Taiwan. Hello, everybody. My name is Brendan Wong, and joining me in the studio, good thing I didn't talk anything bad about her just now, because it's Emma Banak. Um, I don't really know how to respond to that introduction. <laughs> it's probably one of the most insulting ones I've ever had. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you know, whenever Emma's in the studio, it's always great fun. <laughs> So we're excited to have you here today. What so, are we going to be talking about today? Well, today we're going to talk about four different stories, if we have time, three for sure. So the first story, we're going to talk about environmentally friendly burial alternatives. So a little more on the sad side, but yay for the environment. And next, we're going to talk about another environmental story where New Taipei City is planning on banning disposable plastic cups next month. And we're also going to talk about how many people, how many Taiwanese people have traveled abroad in January and February so far this year. And lastly, when we, if we have time, we're going to talk about Taiwanese badminton star Dai Ziying and her potential retirement. So don't go anywhere. Hello, hello, it's Emma Panak. <laughs> I'm Emma Panak. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh my gosh, yeah, you are. Um, and I'm Brendan Wong. And today we're actually going to talk about something kind of sad, but something kind of environmentally friendly, which I know Emma definitely has an opinion on this. And yeah. so this is about funeral and burial um, kind of cultural things, uh, cultural practices in Taiwan and how they are going how there are environmentally friendly alternatives that are being um, pushed right now because um, traditionally people choose cremation in Taiwan where you know you get cremated after someone passes away they get cremated and they have to have an allotted space but now we're running into the issue of having limited space and so now people are considering environmentally friendly alternatives so some of them would include um, burials such as like being buried by uh buried next to trees or flowers and so they would just gradually de decompose and there are also sea um sea sea disposals so you can uh spread those ashes in the ocean so emma what do you think about this when you first heard it um well i thought it was something interesting to bring up around this time of year because uh taiwan has this sort of festival like holiday called Qingmingjie which is also called tomb sweeping festival and it mm. just passed yeah and that's where a lot of people um they travel to go visit the places where their ancestors have been buried to sort of pay their respects and I think that's like an important part of Taiwanese culture even though it's like maybe these are not places that people go to visit you know very frequently maybe for some families it's only once a year um but yeah I think that 
kind of as long as there is a place that people can sort of return to to sort of feel like a connection with their loved ones that have passed away Mm -hmm. um i think that's really kind of the most important part uh, rather than you know making sure that there's like these huge buildings or huge tombs or anything like that that you know take up more space and yeah i think that if there's a way for this to be more environmentally friendly like also i mean it's kind of weird talking about, you know, bodies decomposing, but like that does provide really rich soil that is great for creating new life. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. Um, I personally have a story that I could share. Mm-hmm. So my aunt actually passed away last year around June. And um, instead of, you know, going the traditional route of having them, what they call is li bei. So to put up like a, like a little, a, like not a tombstone, what Mm -hmm. you would consider, I think in Western Bureau, you have those tombstones, Mm -hmm. but it's just like a little sign. Mm -hmm. Um, And instead of that, we just ended up opting for like a tree burial. And so it was very interesting. It was just like a circular patch of grass and Mm -hmm. they just found that one circular tube of um, soil that they dug out and that they later put her ashes. And then they said after this whole like circular area is filled, they will then um, like tumble like tumble the soil just Mm -hmm. like refresh it and yeah i don't know it's very interesting to me i think um i yeah i don't know i think talking about funerals and stuff is where you get a lot of the traditions of taiwanese culture and it used to be that like it used to be that you had to do like a 49 days ceremony do you know about this no actually so it's seven seven weeks and so Oh, it's seven. <laughs> it's seven weeks, mm-hmm. and so um, that would end up being forty-nine days. Mm-hmm. And so each day, you would—if it's more of a Taoist tradition—you would read like these um, scriptures and stuff to like make sure that this person who passed away goes to like Jila Sijie, which is like the I think what you would consider heaven. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, but after like what. Like nowadays, there are a lot of modern imper- interpretations. Like people have work to go. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just like spare that much time in a way. Um, so they've really simplified a lot of things. And tree and floral bureaus, I feel like, is also a simplification. And so they also said that younger generations in Taiwan are generally more open to environmental burials now, mm-hmm. which I could totally see that. Like I think people, um, I don't know. I think times have really changed. People understand that. Things are expensive sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And as much as you like someone um, or like have a lot of fond memories of them, like times have changed and um, there used to be, sorry, just like one last thing is that when we were talking about like cremation and stuff for my aunt, they actually had a lot of these packages at these funeral homes, like things you can buy for this paper house that you're building. So you can buy like accessories. So you can buy like two cars and they're just like cars made out of paper. That get burned. <laughs> that get burned together. with the house. And oh. then so you're gifting this to like the person that's wow. passed. And so it's very funny, like, Mm -hmm. they even had, like, Gucci bags. No way. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, we, because my aunt really loved uh, playing Mahjong, Mm -hmm. so we, like, had a Mahjong set. But in a way, like, Mm -hmm. these things do cost real people money. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just very interesting that, like, um, of kind of, like, you just kind of reinterpret like material things in life but also like in terms of burials i know you mentioned tomb sweeping day just passed so yeah i think in a way with tree and floor burials i think the 
feed two birds with one scone approach is that you know you're environmentally friendly and you can just kind of pray to her or like think of her whenever like you don't necessarily have to go to that site like a tomb site yeah i also feel like death in general um in like this younger generation is not so much viewed as something that needs to be made into like a big religious ceremony like i think more and more people are willing to you know have you know either their body donated to science or just like kind of do something in a way that it's like you know not so much of an impact of like you know having a huge box with your body like dug mm. into the ground because they just like yeah there just literally isn't enough space for all of this and just trying to think you know what is really important to you in the long run and like obviously um i understand that death is like very hard for people to handle like for living relatives and you know it's something that's kind of sensitive in terms of like what will make the people who are living still feel at peace in some way that they still have a connection with this person um but yeah i think it's kind of i think it's good to be sort of introducing these ideas you know like it's good to focus on the positive benefits in terms of you know environmental issues and uh, also in terms of you know maybe this these could be also cheaper alternatives mm -hmm. also just showing them like as kind of like beautiful ways that you know life is growing from um yeah from a life that has ended so i think yeah. that's something another good way to sort of promote this um initiative yeah but it's just i think it's definitely very interesting to see how cultural traditions are changing cultural norms because mm -hmm if everybody's opting for these like environmental burials then maybe a few like many many years down for a tomb sweeping holiday there wouldn't necessarily be tombs to sweep yeah um, maybe people can just plant yeah, more just, flowers or just hug a tree or something yeah and just like one last quick statistic so in 2021 about uh, Taipei residents participated in over 6,000 environmental burials. And so that represented 36% of funerary arrangements. So kind of like a big number, mm -hmm. um, like way bigger percentage than I thought. But also, I think I'm shocked by how many people still do non, I guess, environmental burials, just because like, I guess space really does feel like it's running out sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, I just hadn't really heard of this as an option that people were doing until, oh. like, reading this article, you know? Oh, wow. Like, I just hadn't even really considered the environmental impact of traditional bur burials. So yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's just good to, like, open people's eyes to this in yeah. a positive way. And I know today we don't have Chinese to go, but a Chinese super quick to go with Brendan is if you're interested about environmental burial, the word is shu zhang or zhi zhang, like zhi wu, zhi wu, which is like plant. Yeah. All right. That was a little Chinese to go, <laughs> but that was it. But anyway, um, yeah, let's move on to the next story, which also has a hint of environment. All right, Emma. So we're going to talk about our favorite topic, plastic cup and boba. Just kidding. I don't know if it's can our favorite I, topic. Can I throw in a quick little story here? Ooh. I actually tried to get boba this morning, like at 1030, which I know is a bit early. You might be thinking to get bubble tea. And turns out it was too early to get bubble tea. No way. Because I went, I found a store that was open. I just really wanted it because I'm going to be um traveling out of the country soon what? and I'm just going on a trip i'll be back um no. but anyway i feel like whenever i'm out of taiwan i see like more and more bubble tea places around but they're 
very expensive compared to Taiwan. So I'm like, I'm not going to pay for this like mediocre, like global version of bubble tea. Like I could just get this cheaper and probably more delicious back in Taiwan. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to have one before I left so that I wouldn't feel so like longing for it. Cause the thing is, I'm not even super into bubble tea. I have it like maybe <laughs> like, I don't know, three or four times a year. Um, and anyway, I went to a shop that was open and they were like, sorry, we're not done cooking the like boba yet. Mm. So I was just like, that's too bad. Oh my gosh. You're like, where's my boba for uh, breakfast? Yeah. But you know what? It was probably for the best because I hadn't brought my um, reusable cup with me, mm. um, which I guess sort of ties into this story a bit. Um, yeah. So you're exactly right. <laughs> well, I, I just thought it was really funny because I guess in a way, the best way to be environmentally friendly is just to not use single-use cups. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's also better, I guess, when you're comparing plastic waste to paper waste sometimes. And so that's what New Taipei City is doing. So they're actually requiring a lot of beverage shops in New Taipei to stop providing single-use plastic cups. And so they actually announced this a while back. So that was just for these shops to kind of clear out their storage of plastic cups and start purchasing paper cups. And yeah, I think they are expected that this regulation will reduce the use of disposable plastic cups by 368 million per year wow, which is a lot is, yeah that's amazing when i first saw it honestly i missed the whole plastic part of it i just saw like single use cups and i was like how are they going to do that like how are <laughs> they going to enforce this but yeah. this is something that they've already enforced in taipei yeah um, so now they just use paper cups which you might not think is something that drink shops would care that much about, but... They care. Yeah, because like plastic cups are cheaper than paper cups. And then also a big part of how um, drink shops market their drinks is that they show all these like beautiful colors and like how like the yeah. milky white fades into other shades <laughs> of like, I don't know, just like tea or it could be like taro or anything like that. Yeah. And with paper, you're not able to see through the cup like unlike plastic so that's something that i think um bothers some drink shops from a commercial standpoint yeah but you know i think it's just all about like normalizing it i think it's the transition that gets people really upset um which honestly like maybe part of me also felt like oh you know first time you first time when you get a drink you first eat with your eyes mm -hmm, yeah <laughs> but also like if it's in the name of like being more environmentally friendly i think it's something i'm willing personally to be okay with yeah, yeah yeah i mean i think taiwan you know in recent even within the past years tried to promote um yeah just making ordering drinks a more environmentally friendly practice because taiwanese people or just people in taiwan love getting drinks i mean i feel like <laughs> Uh, sometimes just walking around with friends, I'm like, how do all these drink shops stay open? You know, because there's just so many of them all up together. Um, but people like getting drinks kind of like any time of day. And there's so many ways that you can customize them. But yeah, within the past year, they've um, rolled out this other uh, new policy that says if you bring a reusable cup, you get $5 off yeah. your drink, which is something that I definitely take advantage of as much as I can. And that only used to be like some places would offer you like $2 off. Yeah. Um, so now that the fact that they like it's basically anywhere that you order beverages to go, you can do that. That's something that's really nice. And then also some another program that they're trying to expand further 
um, is these this reusable cup program. I don't know if you've seen it around Taipei. It's yeah, in like yeah. some areas near like Gongguan and stuff yeah. like that, where there's machines that you can go up to and you can get these uh, reusable cups and you pay this sort of deposit to use it. And so you can use it to, you know, get a drink or something. And you just have to return it to one of these stations within three days and then you get your deposit back. So it's basically like, I mean, it is free and also you could be getting sort of like five dollars like off your drink yeah no you're they're definitely pushing these different policies which i think are great mm -hmm. um and if you're someone who like really cares about seeing your drink then there are a lot of clear reusable plastic cups that you could use but one thing i just want to quickly point out is that you know they said that with this new regulation taking effect beverage shops that violate the rule will risk a fine of how much you think Mm, fifty thousand Taiwanese dollars. Fifty thousand Taiwanese dollars. Well, you are not correct. <laughs> what is it? It's one thousand and two hundred dollars. What? That is to six thousand dollars. And then they said it can be imposed repeatedly if the violations continue. But I was like, it doesn't seem like that much. Yeah. Um. Like yeah, one thousand two hundred dollars for reference is like around forty U.S. dollars. So it just doesn't seem like. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a very big deal at all. Yeah, I mean, I could see like maybe in the period right after this is officially enforced, like kind of giving a little bit of leeway and not coming out down too hard on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just doesn't seem like they're taking it that seriously. Yeah, but, but I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Taiwanese people are better rule followers. Or I something. think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and I also think that like it's always just great that a government is pushing for these initiatives. Whereas like sometimes I'm just not sure if um, like in the U.S. for instance, like if you go to food courts and stuff, they just have just a ton of like styrofoam still. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I just don't know. Like I think even though these strides we might feel like in Taiwan are some people might feel like they're inadequate, but in a way, they're doing a lot mm -hmm. compared to different countries. So yeah. I think it's all relative sometimes and you just got to do what you can do within your own capacity, I think. But definitely look out for those reusable cups and mm -hmm. bring your own reusable cups for those $5 discounts. All right, we're shifting away from being environmentally friendly to being environmentally sometimes you can contribute to pollution by traveling and but this is this story was just more about uh how many number of uh, the number of Taiwanese people that traveled abroad in January and February so did you look at the statistics so far uh no not very closely all right then Are we're gonna, gonna play a guessing game oh, this is what Shirley likes to do every time <laughs> I'm here in Taiwan I'm like I like, can't I'm gonna look like uh I mean I was clearly very off with my guess about the wine so let's see how <laughs> off I can be about these all right if you don't get it correct you can't travel abroad okay all right so how many Taiwanese the num uh, what's the number of Taiwanese people that took overseas trip in the first two months of 2023 the first two months. Um, 500,000? All right. I'm going to give you the <laughs> unit. So, <laughs> blank million. Um, 1.5 million. Okay. Kind of close. It's 1.34 million Taiwanese okay, people. <laughs> kind of close. That's pretty close. Yeah. Well, I give you the I had a shot in the dark. You okay. did, you did. Well, thanks for trying and thanks for playing. And that's all we have for you. I'm kidding, <laughs> no. But anyway, so 
actually, um, can you guess which country was the most popular destination in January and February? Japan. Yes, <laughs> obviously. Course. Have you been? Did you go over yes. abroad in January, February? Um, I did go abroad. I've been to Japan, but that was three years ago before、mm. COVID. Uh, and then in January for the Lunar New Year, I went to Korea with my friends. Ooh, la, that la. was very fun. I'd never been there before.、Uh, it was super cold while we were there,、um, which I knew going into it. But it was the most convenient time for us to visit one of our friends that lives there. Yeah. And yeah, it was great.、Eat、I ate a lot of good food. Yes, <laughs> I did. And I'm trying to think if I like heard a lot of Taiwanese people there. I feel like.、Mm, The days that I was there was more towards like at the very beginning of when the break started,、mm. and I feel like sometimes there's not as many Taiwanese people traveling during that time. Like sometimes, like at least for my Taiwanese friends, they stay in Taiwan for maybe the first couple days just、yeah. to like have dinner with their family and stuff, and then they go travel for like the last two thirds of the break or whatever.、Um, so I was there for kind of like the first third, the first half. So. Seoul was actually pretty dead while I was there, which was、oh, kind of cool. Yeah, like um, so I'm not someone who's really into going to like crazy nightclubs or anything、yeah. like that. So it was nice not to be like super crowded. Like the last two days I was there, it was starting to get more crowded and stuff.、Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool and um, yeah, a lot of signs and stuff are in Chinese there just for like yeah visitors. I guess it's really popular to have people from China and Taiwan go to visit. Yeah, and. Yeah, it was a really good experience. Wow. Well, I think a lot of people probably agreed with you because they think South Korea was the third most popular destination in Ooh, January. So wait, I want to. What would be the second one? The second one. Can you guess? Is it in Southeast Asia? Yes.、Mm, Thailand. Yes. Oh my goodness! You should work for the tourism bureau. <laughs> <laughs> Did you travel、uh, during January, February this year? Ah,、uh, let me think. I did go to Japan, so I did go to Japan with my family, and it was just packed. <laughs> <laughs> did you like hear a lot of Taiwanese people while you were there? Yeah, I did.、Um, it's just very funny. I think you know sometimes you know you can just tell because、mm. they're just talking in the back. They're just talking like if you're just walking down the street, you hear someone speaking Taiwanese. You're like, oh yeah, those people, they're Taiwanese. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was in Japan. That was like three years ago.、Um, I just heard. Chinese people speaking Mandarin、mm. everywhere, and it was just interesting for me because I just don't hear that accent as often. Yeah.、Um, but it was kind of funny, yeah, just because like they would always show up in their like huge tour buses, like <laughs> at any spot, and they would just take over. Yeah, it's. I think one thing that I really enjoy is that when you go abroad, I feel like there's just a sense of camaraderie and home when you、yeah. see someone from your country. Yeah. So every time I see someone Taiwanese, we're just like, hey, like the. Table next door. They're Taiwanese, <laughs> and we speak English. So that my family and I were just saying it in English. But part of me is like, you have to watch out because I think more people are getting more multilingual, <laughs> and don't know that you're talking、mm-hmm. about them. So your family, when your family is together, you mostly speak English together. No, we speak English when we know. We have、uh, to okay, okay, got you. Be、yeah. sort of discreet. Yeah, yeah, when you wouldn't want other Taiwanese people to hear you. <laughs> that is such a great, you know, little trick to have. You know, like my family. Only speaks English, so、yeah. we're and it, it's just like even if our native language was some other language, at least that would be better. You know, traveling around having this other language to speak, but the only language we speak is the one that like 
the most people you know <laughs> we have the most people learning or other speakers of it so yeah there's no little whispering to each other but part of me is like i want to learn i want all of us to learn a more like obscure language. obscure <laughs> like finish <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> uh, i just recently watched confessions of a shopaholic and oh, that's why i've I said never finish. seen it you should watch I it i do know from the trailer though that like she pretends that she knows finish and then she yeah. like slaps yeah. who's, who's turn, she's like i can't believe you like, people like you are the reason i left finland or something yeah. like that um, oh my goodness yeah but i mean like Mm, you know like a little Taiwanese or something I do know a little Taiwanese but not enough to gossip I yeah think. yeah <laughs> that'll be next level yeah so anyway a lot of people are traveling abroad and I'm just kind of glad that you know people are starting to go abroad recreationally like boost people's tourism whatnot but it, it, it does counter kind of all those environmentally friendly policies sometimes yeah yeah that's true um but yeah, I don't know. I'm just really happy that there are all these international exchanges going on that kind of got put on hold for three years. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, regardless of where you go, I hope everybody has a safe travel. Safe travels to you, Emma Banak. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, that's all for here in Taiwan today. My name is Brendan Wong. And I'm Emma Banak. And stick around for Emma's show, Behind the Beats. Bye.